From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. And what a joy it is to welcome you today on all of our stations all up and down the line. We're just grateful for the privilege that we have to be here on this station five days a week, And we welcome all of you. If you've just found us, well, welcome aboard. And if you're here with us every day or most every day, you know we appreciate you a lot. And we're so glad to have you along with us. We've been looking for several days now at Psalm 37. It's a long psalm, got lots of things in it. And we're just looking at them one piece at a time. And today we're going to look at verse number 16 which, well, it's got a very, very special message to it, and I want to give it to you in just a moment. But first, let me announce the National Sword of the Lord Conference will be this summer, July 17 through 20, at the Great Gospel Light Baptist Church in Walkertown, North Carolina, in the suburbs of Winston-Salem, Large auditorium, large facilities, lots of things to work with there. And every seat is a free seat, no advance registration. In fact, no registration fees at all. And we just are delighted to have you bring your family, bring your church staff, bring your pastor, and let's plan to have a great National Sword of the Lord Conference this summer, July 17 through 20. Now, let's look today at this passage here in Psalm 37, It is verse number 16, and it says, A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. Now, let's just look at the verse and see what it's telling us, because there are several components in just this one sentence. He talks about, right at the end, many wicked. Now, whenever we compare the righteous to the wicked, we're comparing God's people to the people out in the world who do not know God. We're looking at two different crowds of people altogether. The crowd of people that are identified with the Lord, I mean, that is an open crowd that welcomes everybody. So when people are out in the world, they can make the transfer. They can do that because of the Lord Jesus Christ and the salvation that he offers. And whenever we come to Christ, put our faith in him, we do become a child of God, and we are no longer a child of the devil. We're no longer a citizen of the worldly crowd, but instead we have changed our citizenship, and we have identified ourselves with the Lord God of heaven. And so whenever he talks about many wicked, listen, the world is running amok. The world is running all kinds of ways except the right way, and there are multitudes of them doing that. And we know that. We see that. It's very obvious. You can see it, I mean, almost without looking. And at the same time, he references that a man can be a righteous man. That is, he doesn't have to be aligned with the wicked crowd. So we have two separate groups of people, two separate identities entirely. And then he says something very, very interesting when he says, a little that a righteous man has. So that means the righteous man can have possessions. 
His possessions may not be as many comparatively as what the worldly crowd has. Now, let me make some explanations here. Let me be careful to get in all of the elements of the facts and of the truth here. A little that a righteous man has. He identifies the fact that a righteous man can have possessions and he may not have as much as the worldly crowd has. At the same time, we have to remember that a man can have possessions without the possessions possessing him. So this doesn't mean that a person has to have little. It doesn't mean that a righteous man has to be poor. But it just means that if he is not as well off comparatively as the wicked crowd, he is in fact better off because he is not allowing the things of the world to possess him. Too often the riches of the world are acquired by worldly means. Too often people who become wealthy do so with all kinds of schemes and scams and shenanigans, and that of course doesn't fit into the Christian scenario at all. We are not bent that way. That's not the thing that we do. So if we don't do quite as well financially as somebody out in the world, we remember that it's better to be on the Lord's team. It's better to be identified here as the righteous man. It's better to be somebody connected with the Lord than it is to be connected with the world, whatever the dollar figures are. And so this man who is the righteous man may not have a lot, but uh, he is still well to do. He is still well off. So really what we're looking at here is a contrast between right and wrong. We're looking at a contrast between somebody who is going the Lord's way and somebody who is not. Now, let me just make a few other observations here. This passage, when it says a little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked, that does not suggest even for a moment that work is a bad thing or that the uh, intensity for success is a bad thing. Work and everything connected with it that's done in the right way is a good thing. I mean, you feed your family because that you're willing to go to work and make a dollar and uh, put that into the family bank account and have it there whenever you need to go to the grocery store and for a lot of other things. So work is not a bad thing, and attempting to succeed at whatever that you're into, that's not a bad thing. This passage does not demean success. It does not demean work at all. It's just telling us that being righteous, whatever the dollar amounts are, Whatever you have in your bank account, whatever your success financially is, being righteous, being aligned with God, being a Christian, being somebody who knows the Lord is bigger and it's better than being rich without the Lord. See, the big thing here is not the little and the much. The big thing here is the righteous and the wicked. And whenever we understand that, then we are able to deal with the bank account. We're able to deal with whatever the dollar amount is whenever we understand that the big issue here is either getting with God or if a person is not with the Lord. Now, one thing we have to see here, too, uh, this passage would tell us the folks who are out in the world doing all kinds of ungodly things. I mean, the crooks and the thugs 
they do succeed sometimes. It talks about the riches of many wicked. So yes, sometimes they go out and they do every kind of a wicked, ungodly thing, and they succeed at it. They get away with it, and they have all kinds of money in the bank. They have big cars. They have big homes. They have all of this and more. And uh, so yes, sometimes the wicked, worldly way does succeed. But you and I need to understand something. Lusting for riches is almost always a snare. I mean, you don't have to look any further than Hollywood. You don't have to look any further than Wall Street to see that having money is not the key to happiness. Now, it's true. Uh, I prefer a new car to an old, run-down, beat-up car, and I think everybody would. I think everybody would like to have a nice house, a roof over your head, and, uh, you know, a clean home, all of that. I think everybody looks to that, would like that, would want that. And yet the fact is, if you just say, well, we're going to just keep uh, doing everything we can, whether it's honest or not, and we're going to do that, we're going to make every dollar we can, we'll step on everybody we can. I mean, that's what happens out there in the world. And a lot of the folks who are nothing but Wall Street, they're nothing but Hollywood, they're nothing but just doing whatever the world does. Many of them are jumping off of bridges. Many of them are taking overdoses. Many of them are so laden with alcohol and other things. They lose their families. They lose every vestige of happiness. Many of them die young long before they should die for reasons that they should not be dying simply because that they have plundered off out into this and they have not taken seriously the things that make for real happiness. So whenever we say here, little is much, well, hey, listen, we like to sing that song, little is much when God is in it. We like to sing that. And it does tell us we're not to labor for wealth or fame, but we're to instead labor for the Lord. And it's true, little is much when God is in it. And uh, the fact is, God will get in it when you give him what you've got. So we need to understand, this passage is not discouraging work. It's not discouraging success. But the contrast here is the issue. Wealth is not a problem. It's when the wealth possesses us. And whenever the wealth becomes the thing, and we will do any kind of a dishonest, wicked thing in order to get it, that's when there's a problem. So, yes, you can be a wealthy person. In fact, I have within my circle of friends a number of people who have achieved a great deal of wealth, and yet they are still good, solid godly people. They still show up for church on Sunday. They still are involved in their local church. And some of them are good soul winners. Some of them are walking with the Lord, and they're using whatever success they've had and whatever wealth that they have, they're using that to help others come to the Savior. And so you don't have to be in that wicked crowd if you've got wealth. And frankly, there are a lot of people, a good lot of people, who have learned that, who are successful, and yet they are still walking with the Lord. You and I simply must not let the lust for things darken our path, dim our vision, diminish our zeal. We must not let that lust for power and that lust for wealth do damage to us so that we don't continue to be the servants of the Lord that we ought to be. So when he talks about little here, and he talks about the much. He's talking about that which is really in the realm of possessions. And he's telling us that little can be enough. Little, comparatively to what the world has, can be much. 
and it can be all that we need. It can be sufficient to meet every need. And you know, whenever you work and you get an honest day's work done, there's a great sense of satisfaction in that, and there's a great sense of joy that comes whenever you're able to make your way in the world, you're able to pay your bills, you're able to do what you need to do, and yet you are still active for the Lord. You're still serving the Lord. You're still reaching out to other people. You're still doing the kinds of things that a Christian needs to do. So here's where we're headed with this, dear friends. Whenever we look at this verse, and when it says, a little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. We're looking at all of that, and I think it's an admonition to us to keep our eyes on the goal. You and I must not let the glitter, the glamour, the glitz, all of that that the world seems to have in its grasp, you and I must not let that deter us. We must not let that get in the way so that we lose sight of what we ought to be focused on. So let's keep our eyes on the heavenly goal. Let's keep our eyes on scriptural goals. Let's keep our eyes on godly goals. And as we do that, we're going to keep looking at the Savior. We're going to keep relating to the Savior. We're going to keep serving the Lord. We're going to keep steady in all of our life. I mean, every single day. It's one thing to go to church and get some inspiration and just say, man, I can do this. I know that I can. And yet when you walk out the front door of the church and you head out into the world and uh, things start going sour, things start going sideways, it's one thing for you to be able to stay steady and walk with the Lord at church time. But what about on Monday when you're out at work? What about on Tuesday when you're at the university? What about whenever you're out in the world and somebody is railing at you one way or the other? Listen, all of these kinds of things go on in the world where the wicked are in charge, where they have their way so much. You and I have every reason to stay steady and to do what we do, whatever the outcome, we have every reason to stay steady and to stay excited. So a little that the righteous man has, I mean, that is better than all that the wicked world can put together. Great principle. I hope you'll grasp it. Hey, listen, write me a note. I'd love to hear from you. It's great to have you along every day. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. And the email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and goodbye for now. Music.